Greetings and welcome to Hail to the King, a podcast where we cover all the works of Stephen King. Um, tonight, we are going to be going over the last book in the stand, book three. That's right. We are finally done after three months of being in Boulder, Colorado, and Las Vegas. We're almost out of the woods. But before we get started, just want to thank everybody who has commented and liked our photos on Instagram and our posts and listened to the episodes. Uh, we really do appreciate it. And if you are unsure of where to find us, we are on Instagram and Twitter at Hail to the, Hail to the King Podcasters. Um, drop in, comment what you liked, what you didn't like, anything you want us to say specifically about King, sure. So with that being said, I'm one of your co-hosts, Brady. I'm Kenneth. And I'm Paige. So we have a little game plan tonight in celebration of us finally getting done with this book. And it's going to be us picking who we think each other would be in the stand. So does anybody want to volunteer to be the first uh, person we pick on? Paige? I'll be the victim. Oh, Oh, man. I'm ready. I got to be honest. I didn't put a lot of thought into this. That's Um, (laughs) a-okay. Initially, and I know how you're going to take this, I wanted to say Tom Cullen. (laughs) Can I tell you? (laughs) Initially, I also wanted to say I was Tom Cullen. (laughs) Because I was like, he's just so... Like a sweet person and always caring, and all gross. Stop it. Yeah, I was like that. That'd be Paige. But then also, like we talked about in the pre-show, you would also be one of the first to die. So then I had Uh to go back and think about, all right, well, who would it be? So maybe you'd be like, (sighs) you're also kind of a mix of like Franny's dad, but he's not really a main character. Man, this is hard. I'd probably put you as Lucy. Not that she dies or anything, yeah. but yeah, you know, she's like I said, I she's kind Lucy, of Mom. the anti-Franny. There's parts of you that are kind of like Franny, like when you complain a little bit and okay. you well, nag. Um, oh, but <laughs> okay. Overall, I think you're more like Lucy. So yeah, Kenneth, what do you think she is? Uh, honestly, I. I struggled with this too because all I could think about was the last time when we were talking about how much you identified with Rita and like her <laughs> offing myself. So true. <laughs> I know. So I, and that's all I could think of. I was like, you're Rita. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. My first two instincts were both Tom Cullen and Rita. So wow. okay, that nail on the head. <laughs> the best of both worlds. <laughs> all right. Kenneth. You want to go next? Sure. All right. Hmm. What do you think, Paige? It's okay. You can say Fran. It's her name. We just talked about it. Lucy? Nope. Dana? Yeah. The Mm. bisexual? I think. Well, I mean, not just because you're bisexual, but (laughs) um, (laughs) I think Dana. I think Dana for sure. Because I just, you're a little firecracker. You know, stick to the man. You're going to jump out a window and off yourself before he can off you. Also, I just think it's really funny because you pulled out a knife. Just kidding. It's a banana. That was hilarious. (laughs) Sorry. I did laugh out loud during that. That was one of those. I think I was like, what is he doing? Did he seriously just put that in here? (laughs) The Batman movie? No, but I think for sure. I think you could pull off being a spy. And I think that you just want to stick it to him. Man, I love your confidence in me. Yeah, I would also (laughs) say Dana, because like the things about you that would be most like Franny are like her strong will and her resiliency. Wow, you guys do not know any of my bad (laughs) traits. But I also don't think that you're like, at least you haven't presented yourself like this to us, where you're complaining all the time and like holding up progress and moving forward and like, she yeah, seems no. to be through the book. So I would definitely put you as Dana. You get done what has to be done. You know, right. I think Kenneth in an apocalyptic setting. I think you'd do it. Yeah. As long as I'm not Harold, I'm okay. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Speaking of which. Uh, Speaking whoa, of Harold. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> 
As soon no. as I put this in the group chat, I was like, I swear to God, they're going to pick Harold. <laughs> no. No. Um, I think honestly, you, in my mind, you're Glenn Bateman, because okay. I feel like you'd be like, like thinking of everything on like a sociological level and being really annoying with it. Yeah. And like being like, this is human nature and I'm a pessimist. And mm. yeah. And I feel like you would just like the way Glenn dies that like, that would be, I feel like that would be you. I get shot. Well, you, <laughs> Thanks, the, the reason he died, <laughs> we haven't done the summary yet. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I could see that. Um, I'm just, I'm terrible with names. This has been so long. Um, the, the dark man's right hand man, Lloyd, Lloyd. <laughs> Lloyd. I think that you would be Lloyd and I don't. Is so because I talk about cannibalism. No. Well, rats. no, I, I think that in my mind, probably Lloyd was in the wrong, but he was very loyal. Like someone did him a massive favor. This, this man literally saved his life. And so he was like, you know what? That's my man. I got to stick up for him. And I feel like you're a very loyal friend. Like despite anyone's shortcomings, I feel like you're a loyal person. Okay. But also, you know, I I think you'd eat a leg. Are you a Hufflepuff? Me? Me? No, I'm a no. Slytherin. <gasps> oh yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm a Hufflepuff. <laughs> Are that you? Ma- that makes a lot of sense. For some reason, I thought you were a Ravenclaw. No. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I definitely. When I was thinking for myself, Glenn was up there because I was like, yeah, I could get really annoying with all that stuff. So. I didn't think I was necessarily Stu. I'm not as laid back as he is. Um, Larry, maybe, because he's always on the verge of like, is he going to run? <laughs> <laughs> that could be me. Um, plot twist. Plot twist. You're Kojak. <gasps> that would be the, if one of you guys I had told me I was Kojak, it. that'd be great. Well, you're not. <laughs> I would not have been able to fend those wolves off. I would have just died. No. Oh, my God. That is the only part where I'm like, I'm not Kojak because I think fending those wolves off and then making it to Boulder. Mm. Couldn't do it. I don't know. The whole sleeping outside, being cold. Meh, not for me. <laughs> mm. I take it you've never been camping. Uh, I have. It was terrible. I hated it. <laughs> I'm good on that, you know? Good. Okay. All right. <laughs> Perfect. Well, cool. That's who we all are in the stand then. Um, Before we go into our summary that Kenneth has for us, we also do have some new Stephen King news. USA Today actually announced that on May 25th, Stephen King will be releasing a new short story titled Finn, F-I-N-N, that's going to take place. Be about sharks. It might be about sharks. (laughs) Uh, We don't know yet. That wasn't in the little article but it's going to be set in ireland and stars the story or tells the story of a young man unlucky since birth who gets caught up in a case of mistaken identity this darkly funny and unsettling tale takes finn through existential and psychological crises in a world where bullies and madmen upend the lives of the innocent what do you guys think about that how does it sound like every Um, other stephen king work it sounds like there's not enough information like I, what, what does that mean? What I mean, is it about? You can't really Maybe give a lot of information. Maybe he's not everything. He's being yeah. like, I'm I mean, mysterious. You could give me some information. Is he a shark? Is he not a shark? You know? <laughs> Why are you so caught up on Pressing sharks right questions. now? Is his last name obnoxiously Irish? Probably will be. Um, yes. Good question. Good question. <laughs> but in a year where there's a lot of Stephen King stuff coming out, this is pretty mm-hmm. exciting because I think his short stories are where he shines a lot and could possibly be why he sucks at endings or at least after in some books. reading. And by reading, I, of course, mean listening to this fucking long ass book. I I'm very excited for a short story. Go off, Stephen King. That sounds great. Do more of that. This is ugh. <laughs> agreed. All right, Kenneth, you got your summary for us. Oh Yeah, well. Defined summary. Um, it's it's pretty it's pretty dense. Um, I will I will try. I've tried to only include what was important. So um, in book three, uh, it begins with the death of the judge um, as he's in Vegas. 
he gets attacked by Flag's men, um, and he he dies much to the chagrin of Flag, who wanted him alive. Um, we're also reacquainted with Dana Jurgen, the bisexual, who has begun a relationship with Lloyd, Flag's right hand man. She's discovered and taken before Flag, but kills herself before he can find out that Tom Cullen is also in Vegas. Flag goes into the desert, and we finally experience their meeting uh, of Nadine and Flag. And in a terrifying scene, he impregnates her. It makes her go insane. Um, while that's happening, trash is in hot water um, in the in Las Vegas for blowing up military planes that the everyone was working on. And he runs away, and he finds a nuke in a military testing site. Um, also, at the same time, Tom heads back to Colorado. Meanwhile, our four heroes, Stu, Larry, Glenn, and Ralph, are still heading to Vegas. Somewhere along the way, Stu falls and breaks his leg, having to send the other men on without him. However, Kojak stays and helps Stu survive by bringing him food. Shortly after, Glenn, Larry, and Ralph are captured by Flag's men and scheduled for public execution. Ew. However, Glenn teases Flag during an encounter, and Lloyd subsequently kills him. Hence why I thought Brady would be Glenn. During the public execution of Ralph and Larry, uh, Trash returns with his nuke um, and it explodes and kills everyone in and around Vegas. Stu can actually feel the explosion. He sees the mushroom cloud from where he is with Kojak and he starts to write uh, letters to Franny that he attaches to Kojak's collar in case he doesn't make it and Kojak can go back. However, just a few days later, Tom finds Stu having been guided by dreams of Nick. Uh, Stu and Tom begin trekking to Colorado uh, to Colorado. Stu gets and recovers from pneumonia. They struggle to survive the winter snowstorms and they spend Christmas in an abandoned hotel. Finally, they arrive home. They discover that shortly after the new year, Fran had the baby. And although his survival was uncertain at the beginning, uh, free zone doctors predict that he, um, he will live. And in the spring, Franny tells Stu that she's homesick for Maine and they agree to leave the free zone. And we leave them, uh, Stu and Franny after they reach mother Abigail's house. And then King also provides us with an epilogue where a strange man, possibly, but not specifically identified as Flag, wakes up on a beach where he's discovered by a group of natives is the word I wrote, but there's something about that word that doesn't sound right to me. I don't know. Uh, who begin to worship him out of fear of him. And yeah. Yeah. Great summary. Um, yeah. You know, one thing I'm going to complain about right <laughs> off the bat is how rushed book three is compared to book two. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like everything that we went through in book two that we not that we went through that we suffered through at points was all for nothing, because in the ending, he's just like, yeah, I'm going to speed all this up a little bit. Like yeah. you're building up to this giant confrontation between good and evil. And then it's erased in like, mm -hmm. what, three pages? Yeah, honestly, speaking of pages. What? Yeah, <laughs> I guess she disappeared. Um, Where are you? But I just I I was so frustrated with this because like as you're getting to it, I don't know how you felt, but as you're getting to like trashy bringing in the nuke, I was like, this is how mm -hmm. it's gonna happen. Like, yeah, they're just gonna blow everybody up. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's it's very similar to how I felt with Salem's Lot, where like the the way that the villain is destroyed, like the the visual of sorry my cat's being insane um the visual of trash coming in like hauling the nuke and he's like he's got super bad um radiation poisoning and he's like losing his hair and all mm -hmm. like it's so like grotesque and like oh my god this is such a good scene and then it just it's done it's yeah. just like it's over but then, like, it's not because we still have to get Stu and Tom back to free the free zone. And I think that was the other thing is I was like, I mean, by the, by the point you have Las Vegas explode, killing over half of your main your main characters, you still have like a hundred pages to go. Yeah. And I was like, where are they going to go with this? But then you think, okay, well, they haven't really mentioned Franny. They haven't mentioned anybody back in the free zone, so maybe we'll get some of that. But no, all you get is Tom and Stu getting stuck in the snow over and over and over and, over. and, and watching over. movies, which there are some sweet yeah. moments, but like, that's all you get. And I was like, you spent a hundred pages telling me how they got back home, Honestly. but you could have used that to like drag out this confrontation, drag out what's going on in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. Honestly. So 
in speaking of endings, I think we have to start with one of the biggest demises of the chapter, and that's Harold, right? How'd you guys feel about the way Harold went out? That also felt um, really quick, you know? Yeah. Especially since, like, fine. sorry. Um, but it, like, happens kind of, like, I feel like when we're told about it, it's more like a retelling as opposed to, like, us being there in the moment of him dying. And so it felt a little like, oh, I guess that happened off screen somewhere. Yeah. No, I agree. I think, like, when it goes back and you hear about how he got wrecked on the motorcycle and it was supposed to go over the edge, but it didn't. And I guess Randall Flagg was the one who kind of engineered the whole accident to happen. And then he's shooting at Lucy, or not Lucy, at Nadine. Nadine runs away. And then he manages to pull himself up and then kills himself with his bullet. Um, I mean, I guess it kind of goes into the coward's end, right? Because, mm-hmm. But I don't know. It just it felt cheap. It felt like this dude was one of the most evil characters or did some of the most evil things in the book, at least. And mm-hmm. then this is how he goes out. No I justice. Do, I remember listening to the part where he's like writing in his journal and he's like kind of talking about how guilty he feels and how sorry he is for the things he's done. And I did start to feel a little bit bad for him because I kind of felt like there was a chance that he may not have ended up on flags team but like i feel like something would have had to happen before the there yeah before like even before captain trips maybe it's hard for me because like when he is writing in his journal about how sorry he feels like he said to me it was almost like growing up in the church they were like oh well like if you like confess that jesus is your savior like even on your Mm -hmm. deathbed like that's it and so they're like as long as you like live this horrible life with your last breath, if you say, yeah, I believe in Jesus, then you're fine. So to me, it was like his, it was a, his way of being like, oh no, this is just going to like my insurance, you know? Right. But we've okay, talked about I before, I got a weird religious bias towards it. Um, I also think that uh, Nadine's death was really, really great because mm-hmm. I like that she just coaxed Randall Flagg into throwing her out throwing her mm-hmm. off the balcony and, and killing her. And she has that, he sees her flash the grin at the end as she's going down and killing herself and the baby. I thought that was a pretty good ending for her. Yeah. I, it's definitely very redeeming. I think where she's like, I'm not going to let this baby, you know? Yeah. Be born. I think I have a lot of um, very strange questions yeah. <laughs> about Randall flag. Go for it. Guy, I got a lot of things. About he can him. levitate. Mm-hmm. He can turn a knife into a banana. He can mm-hmm. create oil spills. He can see through the eyes of a crow. At, is is his... Oh, this is going to be weird. Is his sperm not magical? You know what I mean? Like, isn't there right. something that should have... I, I think feel like, like... You know, I don't know. And I, it just... I don't know. He's got a lot of shortcomings, and it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> That was a lot. That was weird. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> took a I, weird speaking turn. Of, of shortcomings, that scene when he and Nadine meet, like I Oh no. I I was just my face. I was just in like shock the entire time I was listening to that section be read because I was it was like she can feel his penis in his pants, and so she starts to scream, and it's just very like ugh, creepy. Yeah, it was awful. That part was definitely really bad for me, too, um, because I felt like it was probably the most uncomfortable part of the whole book. Oh, for sure. Um, even considering everything you go through in the in the first book and some things in the second. Mm-hmm. But um, with Randall Flagg, this is where this is probably my second biggest issue with the book as a whole mm-hmm. is that through books one and two, he is the devil. He's. Mm-hmm. The, the evil in the world, right? He's super powerful. But then out of nowhere, he just loses that power. Like there's nothing in it oh. that's like, oh yeah, this is why he started losing it. It's just people stop believing right. in him. So, it, oh. it, but he's not like, 
I still don't. So think he's like he, Santa Claus. Yeah, but he's well. He's more like Tinkerbell. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I just I couldn't get behind that. I do that believe in the fairies. <laughs> I do. I do. He, he was such a powerful character, and then it's like everybody starts leaving, and and he can't see. He can see that Dana has a knife, but he can't see that she's going to cut herself on the glass. Yeah. Like and then what? he seemingly can't see Tom because Tom has a mental disability. Same with trash. I Same guess. with trash. He can't yeah. find where trash is. Like I, I don't, I don't understand. Is this it supposed to be like a level of like God intervening? Because I know like there's a whole bit when the nuke explodes, like the hand of God coming down and oh, don't even get me smiting. started on that shit. <laughs> I have no idea. What is I it? will is it say a, I'm gonna. A... Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I'm gonna jump to a, a weird part in that scene that I can't get out of my brain. Mm-hmm. So they're in in the cages, right? Which that whole thing was terrifying, and I hated it, and I didn't want it to happen. So I'm glad it didn't. But all I could picture in my brain is you know that movie Horton Hears the Who. Yeah. At the very end, when they put Horton in the cage. <laughs> <laughs> and he's trying to get them to listen <laughs> to the, to the people. Anyway, that's all I could picture. I was like, "We are here. We are here." <laughs> oh my god! That would probably have been a better ending than what we got. They were like, "Listen, everyone. He's not the answer." It's like they're on this spec. I promise. Right. That's can, it. Can you oh imagine? Just they did being start like to question him though. Some mm-hmm. random person in that crowd. That's like, man, this is kind of fucked up. Like there's people in cages, but like Randall Flagg kind of scares me. And then all of a sudden you like look to the right and there's some like decomposing dude coming in with a oh warhead. God. I would have been like, like what? Dude. <laughs> what choices did I make him? It's what I do at work all the time. Sometimes I'll just sit there and like look around and be like, what choices did I make in my life that brought me to this exact moment? And that's, that's what I would depressing. be doing if I was in that crowd. <laughs> um, in terms of spies, though. Since we're talking about Dana, Dana's definitely my favorite of the spies. I felt sure. bad for the judge, but also like I, it, you kind of see it coming mm-hmm. from a mile away yeah, that I didn't he's feel bad. Die. That's what he signed up for, and he knew that's what he signed up for. Like mm-hmm. that was his gig. He was gonna die. He made peace with it, and it, it was whatever. Dana was good, um, Dana was and it was that stupid Julie that that got him all caught. Fucking Julie coming back from Honestly, Oklahoma. Yeah. So the for our listeners, the lady that Nick sleeps with on a spur of the moment decision in a store when he right after he's met Tom, like she shows up in Las Vegas and recognizes Tom. Yep. Oh, again, I I just don't understand how Randall Flagg can't see Tom, but whatever. Let me also just ask Tom can read now. Can he? Uh, C-I-T-Y-L-I-M-I-T-S that spells Boulder, Colorado. He reads the sign City Limits. All oh. he's ever spelling through the entire thing is M-O-O-N, M-O-O-N, mm. which is like, it's forthcoming, right? Because then the moon, full moon, mm-hmm. and that breaks him out of his, yeah. But then he just reads the sign City Limits. I literally was like, I'm sorry, what? Like, it just, what? Where did that come from? What was that about? And then no other, no further explanation. Just like he can read now, but not really. What? Maybe he's always known, like, maybe he knows his alphabet, you know? And so he's able to, like, look at a sign and be like, you know. It was just so bizarre to be like, uh, (laughs) ta-da. No, yeah. yeah. Maybe he can recognize the the letters. He just doesn't know, Mm -hmm. like, what they sound like. He's never been able to in any other part of the book. That's true. It just um, felt really weird to just like throw it in there. Like for what reason? I am glad growth, that I guess King, character growth. I'm glad that King didn't kill off Tom either with the other spies. Oh, yeah. Because Me too. I think that would have been a little too shot. much. Um, and one of my favorite parts of book three actually comes from Tom. And we talked about this in the, I think book one or book two, when I asked you guys if it'd be sadder for Tom to learn of Nick's death or Nick to learn of Tom's death. But after Tom finds Stu, uh, he says, uh, let me put it here. I have, it's page 1095 for me. But Tom looks at Stu and says, Stu, Stu looked into that troubled, miserable face, still a boy's face in spite of the beard, and slowly shook his head. 
dead, Tom, he said gently. Nick's dead almost a month ago. It was a political thing. Assassination, I suppose you'd say. I'm sorry. Tom lowered his head, and in the freshly built up fire, Stu saw his tears fall into his lap. They fell in a gentle silver rain, but he was silent. At last he looked up, his blue eyes brighter than ever. He wiped at them with the heel of his hand. I knew he was, he said huskily. I didn't want to think I knew, but I did. Laws, yes. He kept turning his back and going away. He was my main man, Stu. Did you know that? Stu reached out and took Tom's big hand. I knew Tom. Yes, he was M-O-O-N. That spells my main man. I miss him awful, but I'm going to see him in heaven. Tom Cullen will see him there, and he'll be able to talk, and I'll be able to think. Isn't that right? So sweet. So sweet. So sweet. So I think that answers the question. I think it was definitely more sad for for Tom to have to learn of Nick dying because that was his best friend. Right. I think it would have still been worse for Nick to learn of Tom dying because the guilt that he would have carried around would have been immense. Mm -hmm. I think that Tom is able to find some kind of good in it, you know, like. I definitely think it it still would have been sad if Tom had died and Nick found out. But I think that maybe in a sense, like over time, Nick might have been able to get over it and move on. But. Tom Mm-mm. doesn't really have anybody else. I would not have been able to. Well, that's why I didn't pick you as Nick. Because <laughs> I'd be dead. Because you'd be dead. Also, Aww. I never shut up. <laughs> oh, man, maybe it would be nice if you were Nick. Anyways. Um, okay. You guys have any more Freak. comments about Tom and the spies? I don't think so. Dana's just like a total badass. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Kenneth, we get it. uh well then let's go to our uh our group of of men moving across the desert glenn ralph larry and (laughs) (laughs) stew i was trying to say survivors but technically they're all survivors until they're not um so obviously the prophecy of mother abigail is fulfilled Mm -hmm. stew falls and breaks his leg has to get left there this was another pretty impactful scene for me because like Larry struggling with having to leave Stu and want to move on and, and finish the task at hand. Do you think that this was Larry? It was all completely him just caring for Stu and want not wanting to leave him. Or do you think there was that part of him that was like old Larry where he's like, no, I, I need to try to not go to my destiny, not go to my fate. I think there was like a level of, fear where he knew he kind of felt because he was in this kind of like limbo area for a while that he was thinking that you know he's a bad person so he doesn't want to go to las vegas even though he's going for good reasons and then i also think there's a little bit of like he doesn't mind going as long as he's not the one making the decision to go so he's kind of following Stu, and Stu's the leader but now he has to be the leader and he has to be the one that's like yep we're going let's go yeah that's a good point, Paige. Um, I think maybe it was a dose of reality for him that he wasn't prepared for because like you can talk about it and think about it and they're on this journey and like they've somehow managed to find some sort of like mindfulness along the way, you know, and then all of a sudden this happens and he's like, well, we're going to leave this man here to die and then we're going to go die. Like Mm, he was just confronted with all of it at once and just snapped a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that'd be a hard, I think it's kind of for me too, like it's compounding on top of everything. So you're already dealing with this heavy task of having to go to Las Vegas. You pretty much know there's not going to be any good end to it. And then the guy who's been the charismatic leader for you guys falls and you're like, fuck, there's just one more thing right. I have to deal with. Like, what am I even doing here? And do I want to keep going? So I think that part was well-written because it really put me into the mindset of Larry. And mm-hmm. it also just, I have nothing against you. I really don't. But I think that Larry is probably my favorite of that group. And also when it comes okay. to with Larry and Stu, Larry's my favorite. Um, because it doesn't seem like anything ever comes hard to Stu, you know? Yeah. It's almost like he's like a Ben Mears from Salem's Lot, where it's just naturally good at everything and 
Like he's just laid back and nothing really ever bothers him except like he's worried about Franny a little bit. So we'll give him a little color here, but like Larry is the person that I would have rather survived the whole thing than Stu. Mm -hmm. But I I honestly thought he was going to. Yeah. I understand that you can't, Stephen King probably didn't want to kill off Stu and then have to deal with the aftermath with writing Franny because apparently he didn't really give a shit about Franny in book three. Yeah. So um, the others, though, you know, I I do like Ralph. He gets probably more speaking time in this Mm -hmm. little part of the book than he does in book two. Um, I love Glenn. I think that his ending is is really good, too. Like Kenneth said, he kind of goes out making fun of Lloyd um, and then I actually have that page too. Cause I really liked that. So basically they're all taken captive and put into separate jail cells. And then Lloyd and Randall flag show up to Glenn's cell and start talking to him, trying to figure out spies, what's going on back in Boulder. <clears throat> and then Glenn starts talking directly to Lloyd, trying to get him away from the dark man and show him like, Hey, like he's just using you. Like he'll kill all of you anyways, if he wanted to. And Lloyd responds, or sorry, Glenn says, but he lies. You know he lies. And Lloyd says, he told me more of the truth than anyone else bothered to me in my whole lousy life and shot Glenn three times. Glenn was driven backward, twisted, and turned like a rag doll. Blood flew in the dim air. He struck the cot, bounced, and rolled onto the floor. He managed to get up on one elbow. It's all right, Mr. Henry, he whispered. You don't know any better. I just think it's great. What a great way to mm-hmm. go out. He's just like, yeah, I don't know whether to take that as like, you didn't know any better because of the situation you're in or you're just a dumbass. So you don't know any better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was a fitting end for Glenn. What'd you guys think? Yeah, I kind of like the way he goes out is a little bit like he's he's gone in with the expectation that he's going to die. And so mm. like he's got nothing to lose. And so he's perfectly fine, like not fighting back and teasing like possibly the most dangerous man in the world right now and like which yeah. is also why I'm, i don't it still goes into the whole randall flag thing like i i don't understand if like seeing uh stephen king not sting stephen king's trying to <laughs> run, <laughs> the uh stephen king's trying to write that like the amount of belief in this person is what keeps him strong kind of like the amount of fear mm-hmm. in pennywise that we'll see in it but uh, I, I just don't know or if it's just to show that yeah these people propped up as leaders and dictators just will fall. I don't know. I don't, I don't think, like but. the, um, the differences between um, like mother Abigail and flag, because if they're supposed to be like, I don't know, like I'm not sure how to word this. So I don't know if flag is like, was created by the devil or whatever but then if you know mother abigail is appointed by god like shouldn't she have some sort of like why does he get magic powers and she doesn't and like she's just like some old lady yeah and you know i don't know it's it's i don't know again this could be my bias but i feel like this movie could have been or that movie this book could have been better if you don't have these overly religious themes throughout the whole thing right so yeah instead of making it about, you know, good equals God, evil equals devil, why can't it just be bad people versus good people? And then right. maybe that would have made Randall Flagg make a little more sense. I get that there's that supernatural element that Paige hates that's, so much. Yeah. But Well, I think that's how he got into it was he just says like, oh, it's acts of God. Like God performs miracles. So he can just write whatever he wants because then it's like, all right, free reign. Cause like, oh, God did it. Like <laughs> that's right. how they all had the same dreams. Like that's how he gets into the supernatural thing. But I don't know. I from the moment that I asked you before we started reading, I said, "Oh, what's that about?" Cuz I've never read any of these books. And so you told me, "Oh yeah, it's like the world ends and then there's like a struggle for good versus evil and like on one end is this like uh I don't know, like 30 something year old evil dude. And on the other hand is this woman who's like 106. And I said, I'm sorry, what? Like, what are you even talking about? That doesn't make any fucking sense at all. And guess what? It still doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. This was so weird and terrible. And we 
I mean, you've already said it so many times, but we've gone through so much <laughs> in this book. And traumatized. for it to end like this is a mm -hmm. joke. It's an absolute joke. Yeah. And then <laughs> the end of Larry Sorry, Ralph. Rant over. <laughs> the, the end of Larry Ralph Lloyd, everybody in Vegas, not Randall Flagg, uh, is when Trashy comes back in with that nuke. What'd you guys think of this part? What'd you guys think of the nuke going off and killing everyone? I'm just firstly going to say that I know he's not right and it does not excuse his behavior, mm -hmm. but I have the most empathy in the world for Trash Can Man. Yeah. I like, feel I feel so deeply for this poor man because, like, all of these things that are wrong with him were inflicted upon him by other people. Like other people literally ruined his life. And at the end of it, he really didn't know any better. He was out of his freaking mind and he just wanted to do the right thing. And then when he messed up, he said, Oh my God, I messed up. How can I fix this? I'm going to go get a nuclear bomb. Not the smartest idea. I will grant you that, but he mm. really like, even though it's always the wrong thing, he wants to do the right thing. Well, he's and the I, dog that you kick and keeps on coming back, essentially. And because that's so sad. The only reason he was bringing mm -hmm. the nuke back was because he wanted to help Randall kill all the people in Boulder. Right. Uh, yeah, so his mission, terrible, awful. But he really was like doing what he thought was the right thing, and he just wanted to be loved, which is all any of us want as humans man anyway that would have gone over so much better if your connection wasn't so bad <laughs> yeah i i feel bad because like he every time he gets like super excited about something someone has to say something like you know people who set fires wet the bed mm. and you know people who wet the bed and set fires probably have childhood trauma they probably got abused as ch children, you know? What yeah. if, hypothetically, there was a yeah, married couple? I don't couple. like it. Nope, just stop. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyways, um, I do, though, have to admit that at, in the section where they're talking about, like, man, that fucking trashy started blowing up everything. I was like, okay, I might be able to get behind, behind trashy. Mm -hmm. Like, he got so mad that people made fun of him that he was like, oh, yeah? I'm going to blow everybody up. <laughs> I'm going to fucking kill like, your three pilots. You yeah. <laughs> What's going to happen now? Um, so that, that was good. Um, but the overall nuke thing. So for listeners, the nuke gets set off because Randall flag has like his mystical, magical powers because he's upset and going into a rage over the people wanting to leave. And then Larry and Ralph being there trying to egg him on. And it's like, from what I read, it's kind of just gathering above his fingertips the energy. And then Ralph's like, Larry, look, the hand of God. But I don't think there was actually a hand of God. I think it was just like mm -hmm. he saw what he wanted to see. And then mm -hmm. all that energy from Randall Flagg set the nuke off. Right. Because then Randall it's Flagg knew to go because he was like, ah, oh, fuck. And then he disappeared. Right. I loved the scene, just the visuals. It was like, I, I loved it. And then um, the last line, at first I was like, I love this line. But now that I think more about it, I'm like, eh, maybe <laughs> not. But like, so the, the whole chapter, I think, ends with um, silent white light filled the world and the righteous and unrighteous alike were consumed in that holy fire. And something about that is so like, I love it. I can imagine like, like the boom has just like, it's silent and everything is just and then everyone doesn't matter. It just, it killed everyone. It doesn't matter if you were good or evil, just everyone. Yeah. No, but then I also agree. like are Larry and Ralph righteous. Technically. Yeah. In this scenario. I mean, they're like, I guess the they're on lambs, God's yeah. mission. So That's I assume true. that they would be righteous. Yeah. They're self-righteous. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing shade. Uh, and then. We don't. I don't even want to talk about too much uh, Stu and Tom's journey back home because oh my gosh, it's too just much. snowing, I... holding up, snowing, crashing. Very cool, cute that Nick came to Tom 
in these mm. like dreams, visions, whatever. I loved that. Um, I again, I have a very hard time with this. Did Nick actually come to him through magic, like everything else has happened, and tell him which were the right drugs to pick out for Stu? Or is it that Tom is not actually as quote unquote, I guess, dumb as they say he is? And he actually does know a lot, but he does like, you know, because then he can mm-hmm. read, but he can't read. Yeah, I'm very confused by the logistics of all of that, but I think I that kinda, was really sweet. I kind of took it, yeah, it was really sweet. I took it as like not magical, as more like paranormal. If that, I mean, mm. I feel like he was coming back from like whatever afterlife situation happens after you die and like helping Tom. Well, yeah, but wouldn't but that in like this world him, be like, God, I guess? Yeah. I like the idea of his like subconscious being Nick now and like allowing him to be as outwardly smart as he is actually inside. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I do like it, especially where it's like them walking side by side too. And Mm -hmm. Nick's just talking about like, Oh, how like I almost died before like the flu with my leg got infected and all this stuff. And it's just super sweet. Like two friends talking and, I guess I I took it to be kind of like um, Star Wars and the Force Ghosts. Like it was just <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi walking next oh to my him. God. <laughs> Honestly, I was gonna make a Star Wars comment earlier because I was just thinking that Mother Abigail should have been more like a Yoda figure. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that would have been great. Talking just the same. <laughs> I do. There's a part in here where when Nick and Tom are walking, and it says. Tom began to cry and Nick leaned forward. His arm swung. There was no slap again. There was only that feeling that Nick was smoke, which had passed around him and possibly through him. But Tom felt his head rock back all the same. Something in his head seemed to snap. It's a snap. Stop that. You can't be a baby now, Tom. Be a man for God's sake. Be a man. Tom stared at Nick, his hand on his cheek, his eyes wide. Walk him, Nick said. Get him on his good leg. Drag him if you have to, but get him off his back or he'll drown. And I just... It's, I don't know. I think it's sweet. Like he's like still there, like giving him the pep talk. Like you got to do it, man. Like I'm here to comfort you, but I'll still be your friend to the end. Yeah. Okay. I, I love on another talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> on another note, uh, toxic yes. masculinity. Right, hey, right, right. there it is. <laughs> also like, why are we slapping him? Yeah. He's doing his best. Don't you hit that boy? Mm. Yeah. Honestly. Well, I mean, maybe he was hysterical. Maybe it was like, it wasn't like a malicious slap. It was like a, hey. Maybe he needed a good cry. Once, sometimes Thank just you. crying, like sets, just, it refreshes yourself and you can like go and conquer the world. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just needed a little cry. Crying never makes me feel refreshed, but I'm, I'm well, not like trying to say that anybody. Maybe you're like, not crying can't, enough. Can't feel you have way. issues. Probably so. not. So <laughs> I think I would much rather me personally have the slap than. Mm-hmm. You the cried. next time, the next time you cry, go in front of a mirror and like oh, watch why? yourself cry. It'll, you know, it'll make you cry more and you can get it out of your system. Um. <laughs> I just want everybody to know that there was no glitch there. We just were too shocked to respond to Kenneth. <laughs> Haven't you ever seen like a toddler do that? No. Oh. What do you do to your niece when she cries? You're like, come on, let's go to the bathroom. No, it's usually it's her. Look at yourself. Turn your phone camera on. Generally, my niece is dramatic. And so she goes in front of a mirror to make making facial expressions like she's going to cry to make herself cry because she tricks her brain into thinking she's crying by looking in the mirror. All right. Next time Paige cries, I'll walk her and be like, hey, come here. Let's get it all Don't out. Don't you touch me. I was, I was talking to you, Brady. <laughs> uh, I'm very good at crying. Yeah. All right. I don't need anybody's help. <laughs> sure. You're a you're a world class crier. Thank you. I know. And the, all right. <laughs> so, only person I really feel bad for <laughs> in the end is Lucy. Franny's Mom. baby. Oh. Well, Franny's baby. Yeah, but the name like Peter. But. Uh, <laughs> Sorry if we have any listeners named Peter. Um, this is not a good name. Sorry. But 
Why? I just don't like it. It Peter. is a bad. It's a weird name to choose for some to, reason. Too close in to my penis mind. in my mind. But what? are you kidding me? <laughs> that was a joke, but you know. Okay. Uh, it's her dad's name. Her dad's name was Peter. And her dad's is it dead. Really? Yeah. What? I didn't, didn't know that was her dad. No. Yeah, you didn't know that. Girl, how many yeah. pages ago was that? I didn't. No, she mm. mentions it. She yeah. says it. Here's in the, the thing. last book. I was checked out. <laughs> This last hour of the book, I was like, oh, my God, it's never going to end. <laughs> did yeah. she did they give him a last name? Because I swear to God, if it is Redmond, I will reach through the pages of this book and slap Franny in the face. Um, I could have sworn that it was Redmond, but I could be wrong. Like, girl. Oh, actually, yeah, I think his name is like Goldsmith Redmond. Or yeah, something it's like hyphenated. That. Yeah, it's Peter Goldsmith Redmond. OK, good. Good. <laughs> and then it says uh Jess Ryder as the dad. Because Jess was the dad, not Stu. Oh, Even though I was Stu like, and Franny had I a thought you said of... just writer. And I was just like writer. who is the just writer? <laughs> Randall Flag. Um <laughs> so I really just but felt Lucy bad for Mom. Lucy at the end because like oh, yeah. she's like she's still pregnant. Or she mm, has yep. her kids at the end, but yeah, twins. Um, twin yeah. V's. And <laughs> Glenn no, what she again. Them? Were they both girls? Like Victor and Victoria, <laughs> and they're like twin V. That'd be great. Um, feel bad for her. I feel bad for Leo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either, you don't. They really. don't even talk about him. Yeah, I assume too. He stayed with Lucy, and now she has to raise like three children. Yeah. Well, they don't say that he's there with her and Franny at all. Right? No, they mentioned him. What no, he's doing? at the when they're having like the picnic at the end. Oh yeah. He's, he's with Tom, right? He's with Tom running with the other kids. Okay, yeah. That's like the only time they mention him. And it's like, oh, all right. Um, also, yeah. I do like how when Stu and Franny are getting ready to leave and go out on their own, which I don't agree with, but whatever, no. uh, that you can see like the Boulder Society is starting to kind of crumble and revert back to like how mm-hmm. society was before with the dude running for sheriff and... Uh, people getting elected to the committees. It's. I thought that was good because even Stu's yeah. like Glenn Bateman would probably smile because what he said was right. Right. Yeah. I like. Um. Like one of the reasons that they're leaving is the guy who is like sheriff now was wanted to start allowing his like deputies to carry guns because the one dude got like thrown through a window yeah. or something. Yeah. And it's like mm-hmm. okay, well, one injured cop line. or a dead homeless man. I don't. Right. You know, yeah, like, that was super impactful. Yeah. Hmm. Very like um what's the word? Uh relevant, I guess, to today, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. Um and then I I mean, we've talked about it so much, but on the verdict for the ending fucking sucks. Like yeah. worst ending we've had so far. Does um, the ending epilogue was... I'm going to ask the question I always ask. Mm-hmm. Where's the beginning? Does it start when they get back to Boulder? I would put- In my mind, it's the journey home yeah. and then the okay. wrapping up at the end. I would even after the nuke. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'd say that. That's probably true. Because I don't feel like the beginning of book three is the end yet because you're still getting to the nuke. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Conflict um, hasn't... You really haven't reached the climax, I guess? I mean, was there a climax... No, I feel Not like really. tried, I feel like there were a bunch of them that just kind of like plateaued a little bit, mm. and then went up a, and then plateaued and like nothing yep. active. Oh know? my god, we forgot to mention another important death. You finally see the corpse of um the kid. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So Paige, you kind of got your wish. You didn't see it. He like, did open described. the door, and he did get. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I he got mauled by a wolf. One of my favorite things in like movies and literature is when they like when there's a couple of storylines and in one storyline they reference the other storyline but like so when our guys see find the kid's body they don't know it's the kid but we do they just think it's like some guy and like we know the story and I love that little we know more than the main character does yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. 
And I, it's funny because they look at it and they're literally like, hmm, wow, wonder what happened here. And they start to speculate and you're like, oh, oh, oh what happened there? <laughs> Let yeah. me tell you. Yeah. I mean, one of those poor evil wolves got shot. So that was yeah. sad. But in a way, I they're just, not really if evil. I, they were just being like possessed no. by. Uh, yeah. Like they're predators. So, I mean. Eh, such is life. <laughs> <laughs> I think, though, if I was in his situation, if I was in the kid's position, I would have just shot myself and got it over with. Like, you know, it's not going to end well. Like, yeah. why would you go through all of that painfulness of like starvation, dehydration, mm -hmm. and then getting mauled by a wolf? That's is too much. I'd probably die from starvation because I, I would hate being eaten alive. Sounds like one of the worst ways to go just shy of mm -hmm. like drowning and being buried alive or like dying in a fire. fire yeah yeah <laughs> like it's all of those awful. things <laughs> but i also don't think i have like the constitution to end it myself really I like, yeah i feel like i you have just... to just no mm. i wouldn't be able to do it i feel like if i was looking into like the eyes of four or five hungry wolves that might help make the decision for me, but I get what you're saying. Like it would, st <laughs> it would still be very hard to be like, I'm about to just take my own life. But mm -hmm. it's also nah. like I'm <laughs> gonna get. That's quicker than going out there and maybe not dying right away, and like they're feeding mm -hmm. on you. Oh, but this is where we insert our. Um, this video is sponsored by BetterHelp. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's not sponsored. By it's not. We're not gonna get sued for that. <laughs> but it could be. <laughs> could be there but it could signs. be if they wanted it to be <laughs> uh yes kenneth was going to say there are hotlines for if you are trapped in a car surrounded by wolves in the middle of colorado um anyways you guys have anything else with the ending you want to go over i i don't want to keep harping on how bad it is the, but the whole concept of like her being like i miss maine i want to go back to maine i'm like shut up because <laughs> i loved it you know, I miss areas too. You know, I love areas, but part of me is like, there's nothing left for you up there. What are you missing? Like, are you Mount Mount Washington? What are you missing? Hey, they I can get a sticker has, on the back of their car. She has a kid to raise, and so she can go raise him on the coast where she grew up. Like, I I think it's really sweet. And also, I, I probably would have done the same thing. Yes, <laughs> I would have taken more people with me. Well, like, I would have been like, Lucy, you come as well with your twin. People. Also, you just spent a winter in Colorado. Yeah. With a bunch of people who were able to help you. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to go alone to New England, and it's going to be Maine. winter, and you have, mm -hmm. you have a newborn? But, say, they're going there. They'll get there in, what, like, July, Right. They've got plenty of time to prep. It's like, it's no big deal. Just gather some firewood and grab some food. Like, they have time to prep themselves. I think, and they're not trying to prepare for an invasion or an attack anymore. They're yeah. just preparing to survive. So, like, they've got time. They'll be fine. Mm. I feel like I could see Franny just making stew do all of that. You know? Mm, She'd be like, yeah. oh, 100%. Baby, go chop yeah. some wood. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can see that for sure. Um, I think that mainly where the bad ending comes from is the way that Stephen King writes. So he's what they call like a discovery writer. So there's no definite mm -hmm. plot that he starts with. He doesn't give an outline. He just says, here are the characters. Here's the overall theme. Here's what I want to do with them. And then he says, quote, unquote, like the, I let the characters live and breathe, come to life and do what they want. And I think that can work to a certain extent, but we already went over that he had a lot of issues getting through the writing of this mm -hmm. and stopping a lot. And I, I just think that this maybe shows how that process might not work for all types of books. I don't know. Right. But it almost feels like he put all of this effort into it and was like, damn, this is some shit. And then was like, oh, well, can't go back now. I'm too far. Yeah. It seems and like just, he's like us where he was ready for it to be done. Yeah. Yeah. 
He was. Like, I Fuck, think I if you're reaching 1,149 pages, maybe try a different tactic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 44 hours of listening was a oh little much. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a lot. Good thing I have a commute now. So, uh, there yeah. you go. Uh, as for quotes from the book overall, um, the ones I've already read, I really, really do like, but with book three specifically, there's a part where um, Tom and Stu are having breakfast on their journey back to Boulder that takes a hundred pages. And <laughs> over breakfast, he said, Tom, how badly do you want to get back to Boulder and see Fran, Dick, Sandy, Laws, I want to get back to Boulder worse than anything. Stu, anything, Where's Stu. Where's Dick and Sandy? You don't, I don't, I don't know. No you idea. Don't, <laughs> you don't think they gave my little house away, do you? No, I'm sure they didn't. What I mean is, would it be worth it to you to take a chance? Tom looked at him, puzzled. Stu was getting ready to explain further when Tom said, Laws, everything's a chance, isn't it? And that's like when, <laughs> like what Paige He's said. So I was like, profound. He's so profound and like, is it Nick or is it just like what's always been inside of him? That everyone just like downplayed him. Yeah. Honestly, Uh, I think maybe like doing like doing the spy work and being able to do like accomplish all this stuff. Yeah. 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 It really made him independent and like, like maybe he's had those thoughts all the time and he's just never said them because he knows people think he's dumb. And so he thinks that what he's saying is dumb. But now he's like, no. Well, it's like, yeah, if you tell yourself that you're stupid, like, then you're going to just think that you're stupid, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. This has given uh, him an opportunity to. Another one that I really potential. like comes from Tom and it says, love didn't grow very well in a place where there was only fear, just as plants didn't grow very well in a place where it was dark. Only mushrooms and toadstools grew big and fat in the dark. Even he knew that. Laws, yes. I love Nick and Franny and Dick Ellis and Lucy. Well, there's Dick. Tom whispered. It was his prayer. I love Larry Underwood and Glenn Bateman too. I love Stan and Rona. I love Ralph. I love Stu. I love the Lord is my shepherd. He recited softly. I shall not want for nothing. He makes me lie down in the green pastures. He greases up my head with oil. He gives me Kung Fu in the face of my enemies. Amen. (laughs) I love him so much. This is so pure. I think he does. Honestly, he might be in the running for my favorite character. Danny Torrance time? might be. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> wow. So I feel far. that. I feel that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I am going to say that none of these characters <laughs> cracked my <laughs> favorite character <laughs> list. Like uh, at a certain point, they all character? in the book. No, in general, in general, in Stephen King. so far, so far that we've read or that I've read so far that we've read. We've read. Ooh, that's really tough. Um, I'd probably still go with Mark from Salem's Lot. Okay. I knew Mark it was Petrie. from Salem's Lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about you, Kenneth? Uh honestly, I don't know. It's it's kind of I don't know. I can't decide. I feel like Tom is definitely pushing everyone out. Mm-hmm. Like because I I definitely I liked Mark as well. And honestly, I liked Wendy, but mm, yeah, I, it's still for me, like, even though we read the book and her character is written so differently than Shelley Duvall portrayed in, in Kubrick's, mm-hmm. I still just only think of the movie Wendy. And so that sucks. Mm. I also yeah. do like Father Callahan a lot from Salem's Lot. Mm. He's really good. And Matt Burke. Really just almost everybody in Salem's <laughs> Lot other than Ben Mears. Just Salem's I, Lot. I, I like Ben Mears. <laughs> I like Straker. Okay. I like Barlow. All right. Um, <laughs> but do you guys have any quotes or anything that stuck out to you through the book? Any final thoughts? Hmm. I don't have any quotes. I know I did have issue with, uh, they were gone. He, Stu was gone for four months. Mm-hmm. Does that sound right? To go from Boulder to Las Vegas, not even all the way to Las Vegas. But I guess he was sitting in one spot for like two weeks. And like, Tom went from Boulder to, or Vegas to Boulder, right? So, like, I don't know. How do those timelines overlap? (laughs) Anyway. It seems like a long time. But maybe that's... Yeah, it does, because it would take you 11 hours to drive there. And I think it said 11 days to walk. You have, because you have to get through Utah. But I guess he had to... 
he did have to let his leg heal a little bit. Yes. And the pneumonia. Mm-hmm. So that I guess it all it's close enough where it makes sense. Yeah. It's not like right. when I think in the book one, Kenneth, you brought up like how the roads didn't even match up to where they were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that like I can get behind this one. Mm-hmm. I, I that's enough for me to read and be like, all right, sure, sure, okay, Stephen. Yeah. I, I can yeah, I can believe it. Um and then I mean the only other quote really that sticks out from the entire thing is the one that says the place where you made your stand never mattered only that you were there and still on your feet. That's nice. I liked every time they, they used the word, the stand. stand. Yeah. And I was like, this is the name of the movie. (laughs) They said the name Um, of the movie in the movie. Yeah. So it's, that's the stand. That's the, the whole thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. I see a lot on, line where people are like i would reread this again or i'm currently through my so-and-so reread uh i'm gonna say that i will never reread this and if i do it'll be the um the cut version not the uncut version Mm -hmm. i can't find the the cut version anywhere Uh, i think kyle said his that his girlfriend's mom has like two of them and she Hmm. almost threw them out and he was like whoa whoa, whoa, i'll keep those (laughs) yeah i think my my boss said that he had one and i was like do you want to give it to me? I didn't actually say that. Um, I'll give I, you $5. <laughs> I will say that I'm glad that I read it because I've avoided it in the past. And mm-hmm. so there are some things in here that I did really enjoy, um, mainly in book one. But it was cool. Like, I do like Nick a lot. I just, it's, mm-hmm. he. I think they killed him off way too early and yeah, all that, but. I, I do like it. that he comes back later, kind of helping Tom. As the Force Ghost, yeah. Yeah, Force Ghost. <laughs> Force Ghost, Nick. Um, yeah. Well, if there's nothing else you guys have, that's pretty much what it is- for this episode. So uh, we have to rate now. Oh my god, I really didn't want to do this. We All have right. to give our rating. What was our? We're doing grades, right? Yeah. Like, we are. It's yeah. So long since we. I know. We finished a book it's in been like three months. months. <laughs> oh my god. All right. So you want me to go, go first? Yeah. Let's go ahead and rate it, starting with Page. What would you D plus. Damn. No. So it's still passing. C minus. Uh, it's not passing. A D plus. Isn't a D passing? I don't know. Yeah, don't D's know. passing. It was. Ugh. Yeah. It's not passing well. <laughs> you couldn't stay in a sport. You'd nope. have, you know. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. oh, wow. We're taking all those extracurriculars. All right, but I think so C minus. C minus. Is where I'm at. That's not bad. I'd probably put it like just a C solid C there's enough in book one that, that really likes it like Paige and I were talking uh, two months ago and I was like oh I could get a poster of the stand and she was like you like it that much and at that point in time I was like I really am enjoying this I'm really yeah, enjoying the first this stand. great and then it just <laughs> went downhill um so C for me uh you know would not reread this would not recommend <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I think if they just cut out book two and it was just book one and it went straight to book three, I might be okay. Ooh, that could be good. Or if they just, there was only like maybe a hundred pages of book two, you know, where it's like, all right, here's how they set up. Here's who they met. Here's who kind of like did what on the council. Mother Abigail disappeared. Like you can accomplish all that in a hundred, 150 pages. You don't need mm-hmm. 520 some odd pages to do that. No. And then to spend a hundred telling them how Tom and Stu get home. But I digress. So the and next the Christmas, book, <laughs> like was the Christmas scene necessary? It wasn't. Okay. I'm going to say it right now. It was not necessary. Mm-hmm. The next book we have coming up next month is going to be the dead zone, whoop, whoop. which I have never read before. So I'm super excited. I've seen the movie. Have you seen the show? Uh, with what's his name? Anthony um, Michael Hall or Michael. Yeah. Anthony Hall. I have not. I didn't realize that that was a thing until maybe earlier this year. Late oh. last year. That's my, so, my only experience with this story is the TV show. Really? Yeah. You haven't even seen the one with the Christopher Walken? The movie? <laughs> no. Oh, what? Man. Yeah, that's <laughs> like the the movie. Uh David Cronenberg directed it. Uh Christopher Walken stars in it. Martin Sheen's in it. That's the one that I know. Oh. Um, oh. So yeah. I started I like discovered it on Hulu back when like Hulu wasn't like a subscription streaming service mm-hmm. where like you could watch stuff without actually having an account and i watched episodes of the dead zone on was there. it good i enjoyed it it's kind of like a monster of the week kind of situation mm. maybe yeah. i'll check it out um i still didn't watch the rest of the stand miniseries from 2020 
I fell off of that as I fell off with the book. And then Kyle downloaded the 1994 miniseries. So I have that, but I haven't gotten around to watching that. I meant to watch it before I came on to here, but I might give know. it some time before I get back into the world. Let of it the digest. But thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, again, you can find us on Twitter at hail to the King podcasters, same thing on Instagram at hail to the King podcasters. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Google podcast, Apple podcast, or anger FM, uh, on all those platforms, you can give a rate and review. So give us a rating, drop a review. We'll read it on the show. If you do, um, again, thank you all so much for listening and we will see you next month with the dead zone. Bye.